today's show, we're going to be speaking with an inspirational leader about the importance of God in the life of a leader. Her name is Lisa Turkhurst, and she is a New York Times bestselling author, world-renowned speaker, successful entrepreneur, and she's been featured over and over in numerous media outlets. But what makes Lisa exceptional is her underlying devotion for God. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Nice to have you on our show today. Well, thank you so much. It's an honor to be with you. I was so excited to connect with you. And the primary reason is, is that I've read your devotional. It's my lifeline, Embrace. I love that. And I started a woman's study around your latest book, which is It's Not Supposed to Be This Way. And I said, who else other than to launch our Holy Living Women's Research Institute podcast, the other than you to have on to talk about the importance of God in the life of a woman leader? Well, thank you so much. You know, I think it's been quite a journey walking through really difficult life circumstances at the same time, being a female leader and trying to navigate what I need to do to stay healthy individually, but also what I needed to do to keep the ministry moving forward as well. And so I think a lot of my lessons that I've learned over the past couple of years are helpful now to other leaders because leaders are people and people go through hard seasons and there's just no way to escape it, but there is a way to survive it and to even grow through it. That's amazing. What do you think is the most important lesson that God has taught you about leadership and through all the experiences that you've gone through? I think one of the most important things for me was when it was appropriate to share with my staff. I have a staff of 65 people that work for me at Proverbs 31 Ministries. And so when it was appropriate to share what I was walking through, I made sure to do so as soon as possible. I think sometimes people can tell when you're going through something hard. And if you're not able to communicate even the basics of that, then it increases the people who work for you, it increases their fear and maybe even their suspicions and and can possibly erode their trust because while they do care about you and they want to make sure that you're okay, that's part of the reason for them wanting to know what's going on. But the other reason is because if this is their job, then their livelihood depends on it, their family depends on it. And so just for their own stability, they need to know at least the basics of what's going on. I had a couple of rules though for myself as I was sharing what was happening with my family, with my staff, and then even health challenges that I was having. My little rule of thumb was review, don't view. And what I mean by that is give a review of the facts of what's happening. And it's okay if there's natural emotion that is in your voice or you know, in your expression when you're communicating to your staff. But it's not a time to spew all the facts and all the details because that can sometimes create more harm than good. And so for me, I had other leaders that I talked through what to share, how to share it, and the timing by which to share it. And that was very helpful. A big part of what I was going through was my marriage hitting a place that we were in in pretty dire trouble and choices were being made that could affect the long-term reality of my marriage. But those choices were outside of my control. And so I did 
hold the story private for over a year. But then it became apparent that you know, I needed my staff to know what was going on. So that's some, uh, that's a little context around what we were walking through. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And definitely what you just mentioned there around vulnerability and how much you share. I agree with you. I think sometimes as leaders, if we share, we don't want to share too much because we don't want our vulnerability to be used as a weapon against us, for sure. One part is, is that in everything that you went through, how did you overcome that adversity? Because I feel for many women leaders, the biggest part that they have difficulty navigating through is getting to a place of getting beyond the pain, getting beyond the shame, getting beyond the blaming. And not just with the, the team and being vulnerable with the team, but just even within themselves. Because at some level, whatever adversity pops up, sometimes we blame ourselves. How have you found being a, such a powerful woman, especially in the industry that that you're in, how have you been able to overcome adversity in, in the face of, of everything that you walk through day to day? Well, I think part of it is recognizing that I am a leader, but first and foremost, I'm a person and I've got real emotions and you know, real hurts and heartbreak and all of that that needs to be handled gently. And so it was important for me to take time to really sit with some counselors and some other wise leaders to assess what I needed to be able to heal correctly. And, you know, a leader is can lead effectively only to the level that they are healthy themselves. And so it was very important to me that I tend to the emotions that were a natural part of the trauma that I was experiencing because I didn't want to lead out of my hurt. I think experiencing hurt can help us be more empathetic with other people. But if that hurt isn't healed and we try to lead from that raw emotion, I think that it can do a lot of damage. And so I had some really good, fantastic leaders that were working alongside me in the ministry that I run, Proverbs 31 Ministries. And so I trusted that all the investment that I'd made in them would, for a short season, let them take the helm and run the organization so that I could hit the pause button and really spend some intensive time in counseling and reading books and spending time with the Lord and learning and growing and healing. And, you know, by the time I stepped back into leadership, I felt like those around me so appreciated my commitment to help. And I think it increased their confidence that I was going to be able to continue to lead from a healthy place, no matter how my story turned out. Thank you so much for sharing. And I've definitely read through some of your content, some of your books and some of your online content. I was going to to ask you, what was your walk and prayer life with God? Because as I read through your latest book, It's Not Supposed to Be This Way, my girlfriend and I did your workbook. And we we actually connected with you because of that storyline. Many of us are entrepreneurs and we're all, we've been walking through a season that doesn't seem to end. And, and I was like, girls, I'm interviewing Lisa. I have to ask Lisa, what was it like walking through the pain? What did your prayer life look like when walking through the pain? 
Well, I think my prayers, the deeper the pain was, the simpler my prayers became. And mainly because I think when you're a strong woman, you are used to your brain automatically coming up with solutions to adversity. And that's part of the strategy and the maximizing qualities that make someone a leader. But when you are walking through deep pain and, you know, devastating life circumstances that you didn't even foresee coming, I think that's the time, at least for me, to shut down that part of my brain that wants to come up with strategies and solutions to solve this myself. And that's a real temptation, I think, when you're used to doing that in your business world to try to do it in your private life as well. But when I was praying and and what did my prayer life look like, I had a, a real effort at first in not offering suggestions to God of how he could surely fix this. And instead, just sitting with the Lord and being quiet and letting him really be tender with my heart. The Psalms were very, very helpful. So many of the Psalms were written by David when he was in a really hard time. And so I think the Psalms are a beautiful place to process our emotions with God. I think you'll find the words of David to be very, very honest about where he's at. And you'll see him sometimes doing that very thing that I described so many leaders do, offering to God all the suggestions of what God could surely do to the people who were hurting him or chasing after him or trying to kill him or slandering him or or whatever. But then you also see David's heart turn in just a few lines later, and you'll see him just Search me, O Lord, know me, reveal to me what I need to see inside of me. And so sometimes my prayers were introspective, letting the Lord speak to me. Other times they were as simple as, Jesus, I love you and you love me. And those are the only words I could get out. And then other times, you know, the Bible teaches us that if we'll just sit before the Lord, that the Holy Spirit will take even our weeping and wailing and and just groans that we have no words at all. And the Holy Spirit will lift those up to the Lord and pray and intercede on our behalf. And so I think the deeper the pain, maybe the simpler the prayer, or maybe even the quieter the prayers need to be because the Lord will fight for us if we will let Him. But we just have to resist trying to consistently take control back from the Lord and instead just sit with the Lord. Did you find walking through that, Lisa, because obviously you're not just a business owner, you also are a woman in ministry and there comes different dynamics walking in in ministry than in the traditional business world. I almost find that at times when I talk to some women in the church, there's more stringent standards. How did you navigate through some of those experiences being in an industry where, you know, you there's a higher level of expectation. Yeah. And that I will say it was complicated because, you know, the Bible is very clear that if you're going to be a teacher of God's word, then you are held to a high standard. And so it really, when life started falling apart around me, it really made me pause and think, should I even still be doing this? And so I surrounded myself with other wise leaders that are also in the church and let them 
speak truth and sometimes even speak life to me. But one thing that they consistently reminded me of is I'm only held accountable for my choices. And so a lot of the reasons that our life was kind of imploding were choices being made that were outside of my own. And so it it wasn't that, you know, I was responsible to try to control the other circumstances, but what was really important for me was in the midst of what we were walking through for my heart to stay pure, for my word to still very much reflect being quick to listen and and slow to speak and slow to anger that I had to remember gentle answers, turn away wrath. And so much for me was making sure that what I chose every day was a walk that would reflect my obedience in the Lord. And I certainly didn't do it perfectly. I had many days where I would walk into my counselor's office and fall apart because, you know, of of some reaction that I'd had that that wasn't a true reflection of my heart, just more a reflection of the deep pain that I was in. But, you know, taking steps of obedience every single day to not try to control things that were outside of my control, but to cooperate with the Holy Spirit and to be the, you know, most pure heart that I could possibly be even walking through that. And I'll say, you know, I expected there to be a lot more harsh criticism over what I was walking through. And there was some, and that was hard. But most people recognize that a lot of families are going through hard times right now, and they appreciated being able to watch someone walk through it who was very committed to God's Word and who could be a picture of hope even in the midst of circumstances that you don't know you know, how they're going to turn out. And again, I'm very, very careful to say I had good days and bad days and you know, I didn't walk this journey out perfectly, but I recognized very quickly that there was a whole lot of women who needed to see someone walk through this kind of deep pain and get a glimpse of what it looks like to hold fast to God. And so I pray that I was faithful in that. And and my heart was, you know, Lord, let me bring glory to your name and let me help lead whoever I'm supposed to lead to show them it is possible to stay committed to the Lord. It is possible to walk hard roads and still reflect the biblical truths that I've been standing on my whole life. And it is possible to continue to give other people reasons for the hope that was still inside of me. Well, you're a phenomenal woman, Lisa. I, I'm, I'm sitting here on the background on the verge of tears because I've read so many of your words and they have so pierced to the heart and they are so true. And you are exactly, exactly like reading your the words in your books. And I so thank you for coming on and sharing with us today. Just before we, we wrap up, I was just going to ask if you had, where are you now? Like in this journey, where are you now? How did you overcome and where are you right now? Where I'm at right now in my marriage is that, you know, my husband and I both did the very 
difficult and long work of pursuing healing as individuals. And my prayer always that it was that the Lord would bring us back together, but there were long seasons that I did not think it was going to be possible. That's what my heart wanted. But, you know, I've prayed for other things that didn't happen. And so I wasn't sure if that would be part of my story or not. But the Lord really did quite a miraculous work in my marriage. And so at the end of last year, Art and I renewed our vows and we're now pursuing healthy healing together where we had done it individually. Now we're doing it together. And I'm really thankful for that. And in ministry, I'm continuing to speak and to write and always being very, very aware of how many people are in hurting situations with their family and staying very committed to doing whatever I can to help people, no matter if you're story in your marriage or what you were hoping for, if it turns out that it's restoration or, you know, reconciliation, or if God rescues you out of a relationship that is just not possible to stay in, you know, regardless, I want to speak to both sides of that because I've walked the roads where I thought God would just rescue me out of a very difficult situation. And then I've also walked this road of reconciliation. So I feel like I can speak to both women, no matter how their story turns out, and say with resounding confidence that redemption with God is possible no matter if reconciliation is or is not possible. And so I think that redemption with God and and really showing people how to pursue help both emotionally and spiritually will be an important part of everything I do in ministry from now on. Well, thank you so much, Lisa, for coming on and speaking to our audience. You were wonderful. Thank you so much. Well, you're so welcome. It's a joy to get to connect with you personally. And thank you so much for reading the books and walking the journey with me in that way. And please, please tell your friends that I give them a big hello. Hello. 